Hey everybody, it's Dave Hodges here, host of the Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And we have a lot of fun enslaving to do, don't we? Uh, crazy, crazy times. We have automatic pilot cars and trucks that run over people now. Self-programmed to do it, and the driver's totally blameless. We're going to get into all that, and we're going to get into more liberal leftist mentality stuff. I remember when I was talking to um, some talk show hosts recently, and they said that uh, liberalism is a mental illness. It's more than that. It's psychopathic. It's homicidal. It's genocidal. And here to talk to us about this is Rucker, who has his own radio show now on Global Star Radio Network. We'll let him talk about that. Uh, Rucker is no longer his name. That's right. You said, wasn't he with the federal law enforcement? Yes. Specifically, it was with DHS. Now, he's out of the closet. Not in that way, but he's out of the closet. And we're glad to have him out of the closet. Doug Thornton is his name. Doug, welcome to the show. Um, just wanted to say real quickly here, and I better get this in. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the economy's collapsing in case you haven't noticed. Poland on Friday announced they were cutting all taxes for energy and fuel to help the people. Oh, I'm sure Biden would do that. No, he wouldn't. They hold us in such contempt. They hate us. They absolutely hate us. They're destroying the economy on purpose. It's deliberate. So are you going to stand by and let your money go down the drain in the bank? Or are you going to talk to Noble Gold and, talk, and find out what you can do, which is diversify? Well, I went from advertiser to customer. And I'd recommend that you quickly call them tomorrow or the next day or the next day. But you don't have a lot of days. Give them a call and they'll help you. They're not pushy. They'll send you free material. 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. And here to talk about the carnage as I just said, is Doug. Doug, um, could it get any crazier? Hey, Dave. Oh, well, you know, it can always get a little crazier. Uh, we're still trying to figure out more about what happened. Gotcha. And, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it's amazing to see how cars can run over children and kill them uh, by themselves, yes. which is apparently what's happening. Because that's the only thing that the leftist media is reporting. And it is very sad. And I believe um, it shows just how despicable these mainstream media uh, entities are. Because they're not even giving due diligence to the murderer of innocent children. That this man, Daryl Brooks, who is a black supremacist he's a black nationalist okay you know it, it came out from his social media that he hated white people he hated jews he was a uh, socialist he was an extremist a blm supporter and uh, also a career criminal three days prior to this attack in wakesha he had actually tried to run over the mother of his child with his own vehicle. Now, I'm sure many of you have heard that. But let's really think about this. I want you to think about what would happen if you in your home state, your hometown right now, tried to go and run over somebody with your vehicle. Do you think you would be released from jail within three days? If anything, go and talk with a local law enforcement officer and ask them what would they say. They would probably say no. Because uh, that's called attempted murder, or at least vehicular homicide, right? 
why is it that criminals get a free pass in democratic states more than half the time and then go out and commit more crime and then we end up shocked violent criminals especially like this man should have harsher penalties and should not see the light of day however we have an epidemic of people in this country who the criminal minded and Dave, I'm, I'm going to let you speak on this. We see the criminal-minded becoming more violent lately. We're seeing more violence in America than usual. And uh, I use 2019 and 2020 and 2021 to back up those statements. But it's not just that, but that violence is being more widely accepted. Look at what happened in San Francisco recently. There was 80 people wearing ski masks armed with, you know, melee weapons and crowbars who broke into a Nordstrom, and they ransacked the place and stole, uh, you know, thousands of dollars of stuff. And yeah, sure, a few of them were caught. Not very many were charged, if any. But the local police and the local DA and mayor almost wanted you to just ignore it. And in a couple different towns in California, crime is almost being ignored and the public is being told to just look the other way uh last time i checked dave this is america we don't tolerate that type of uh way of thinking we don't tolerate crime what say you (laughs) well that was then and this is now and because we have george soros funded prosecutors they are the criminals have the restraints taken off their behavior i mean some of them can self-regulate to a degree they don't want to some of them can't help themselves but regardless they these people have no restraints on their behavior now there's nothing that they can't get away with seriously they, there's nothing so I, I'll just say this and this is not an indictment of anyone who's black it's an indictment of the system but take the Arbery case what if the races were completely reversed think there would have been a conviction i don't think there would have been a trial right now in america we are leading ourselves politically instead of by due process and by justice and because of that justice is not being done uh to the uh black community to the white community to the hispanic the Asian, to all communities because we're all american uh, justice is being done and it is I guess you could say one-sided for the left primarily now their justice is January 6th our justice was Cal Rittenhouse Cal uh, Rittenhouse was even a supporter of Black Lives Matter how come that's not talked about well it's simple there's a narrative here that same narrative is the reason why you haven't heard the leftist meet talk about Daryl Brooks, who is a serial criminal. He trafficked children, prostituted them. He uh, was arrested multiple times for domestic battery, uh, drug charges, of course, uh, attempted vehicular manslaughter against his wife or ex-girlfriend, uh, whatever she is, and even the, the 
uh, rumor, which we haven't really confirmed too well yet, that the day of the attack, he was actually fleeing a uh, another battery where apparently he was in a knife fight with somebody, which would also be a what? An attempted murder. So, or maybe an act of self-defense, who knows. But he was not being pursued by police. In fact, police came up to his vehicle, knocked on the vehicle two separate times, trying to gain this man's attention, and he would not look at them, and he drove forward. So they had to run him down, knock on the vehicle again, try to gain his attention. He did not look at them. He looked forward, and then he gunned it. Now, let me tell you a little bit of my experience on this. I have seen what people who, I guess you could say, are homicidal look like. I have seen that look in the eyes of terrorists uh, in Iraq who want to go and kill people or who want to suicide bomb themselves and kill people. And what Daryl Brooks did is something that we saw in Iraq and Afghanistan quite successfully, unfortunately, and it is called vehicle ramming. In, uh, in law enforcement, we have you know, designed a as you say, a design base of threats, which is we look at all these different types of scenarios that could happen that we would want to use to protect the public or protect a facility. And vehicle ramming was one of the most successful ones, and that is something that on the federal side we were always dealing with because it's the easiest way to have a very large impact in uh, something that you didn't have to pass a background check for. The FBI didn't have to card you for it. Uh, you didn't have to go to the black market. You just had to go pick up a car and drive it into a group of people. And we saw that happen also, unfortunately, very successfully in New York and in a couple other states. So hopefully, Dave, what we don't see from this is a phenomena that we see in America called copycat killers. We know that copycat killers are the most uh, frequent whenever it is a school shooting or some sort of a Islamic extremist attack. Uh, hopefully we don't have any copycat killers for any type of racially motivated attack. I would, I would hope that we would not see that in America. Uh, but I am no longer really surprised by what we see, especially with this heinous crime. And I do believe it was a terrorist attack, Dave. I don't believe that this was a, I don't believe this was an accident. I don't believe he was driving under the influence and accidentally did it. I bet you if you did a toxicology test on this guy, if you ran his blood, He'd probably come back with narcotics in his system. He just had that look at bookend. And um, that's what I'm calling it. I'm calling it a domestic terrorist attack. The eyewitnesses described the vehicle pacing the parade and then went out of their way to hit people. And the getaway was purposeful. Fleeing bullets being fired. So, no. It was the most intelligent car of all time that just hated kids and grandmas because that's who died. Um, or the Washington Post is just full of crap. I can't believe they can promote these narratives and expect people to believe them. It's beyond yeah, me. Six, 
62 people injured so far and up to six deaths. And we may unfortunately see more. Uh, I would ask for anyone uh, of faith to please pray for these families. Uh, pray for the victims and pray for justice to be done. And I'm sure justice will be done. But how do we better defend ourselves from this type of attack? <clears throat> uh, there are precautions that law enforcement takes. Uh, there are mediations that they do make with, and I'm sure you've seen it if you've been in any type of uh, fair or festival where you'll see the sand truck or, you know, a dump truck that's out blocking streets. That's, you know, to prevent any type of high avenue of approach for any type of vehicle ramming incident and uh, deny that access. However, you got to understand that in these types of events like uh, the Macy's Day Parade today, what you're going to end up having is an outer cordon from police. And then you're going to have the public entrance and the gathering places for the public. And then you'll end up having a inner cordon from the police or security, which would be along the parade route. Now think about this because this can be applied almost anywhere that parades or uh, fairs or any of this is really happening. And in between the inner and outer perimeter, you'll more likely have some sort of a roving patrol from law enforcement. So what that ends up doing is it ends up being a very big gap in between the outer and <coughs> inner perimeters where people can hide, where people can slip in a bag, where people can shoot from uh, indiscriminately without being seen. Um, that's where your vulnerability is because law enforcement is not most centered there, but you also have a large amount of civilians. So this is where it comes up to the average day by day civilian. Keep yourself on the constant state of situational awareness when you're out at these big events. You need to be looking to your left, looking to your right, head on a swivel, 360 degrees of security because you never know when this event will happen again. And I'm not saying be in a state of hypervigilance. I'm telling you to otherworldly, change your behavior. Don't keep your head in your phone. Don't keep your eyes locked on the parade. Every now and then, look behind you. Look far in front of you. See if someone's watching you. Look to your left. Look to your right flanks. Check your, uh, check your surroundings. And check for anything that may be standing out, something that is not normal, something that is breaking up the pattern of the environment that should not be somebody who's just staring at you, somebody who is in a car driving the same way as you know, the parade route where there should be no vehicle traffic. Uh, the, these are things that stand out to people. Uh, the hard things are like the Boston Bomber, where you have the two uh, Tarsoff brothers who just kind of blended in. They dropped the bag, and then they walked off. But they had practiced that multiple times. And they had ran dry runs before doing that, before the live run, before dropping the bag. So, you know, sometimes you just have a random act of violence. And the best form of self-defense is situational awareness. 
because that will be able to give you the ability to have a buffer zone, even if it's just a couple seconds, a buffer zone between you and a violent crime or you and an assailant or between a random person and that violent crime that maybe you can actually, you know, step in and defend or, uh, you know, help engage in that assailant before they can hurt somebody. So being on the ball and not with your head down or your head up in the clouds or your head in your phone, you know, the, the thing that I used to teach federal employees, especially for active shooter awareness or situational awareness, is that if you start acting like the predator and you start looking actively for people that are preying upon people, it will be harder for them to do their job. And it will scare them when they start being sought after by the general public. And that's what we should be doing as Americans. We should be watching each other's backs, not, you know, not trying to engage with each other politically all the time. Sometimes it's not bad just to sit back and enjoy a parade. But, you know, we have a crazy time in this country right now. And terrorism, Dave, is going to be on the rise. Me and you have been talking about it for months. We are going to have a terrorist attack. I think we previously have talked about how there's going to be another terror attack. It's too quiet. Every time it's gone too quiet or the Democrats have gotten in some sort of political trouble, a terror attack comes and it takes everything away. I think it's interesting that right after Kyle Rittenhouse is acquitted and America has its victory for Kyle, this happens. Now, this could have been a quote-unquote revenge killing, but Dave, and I'm going to give it back to you, what do you think it means when a BLM activist says the revolution has started in Waukesha, Wisconsin? It started long before that. They're just enhancing what was there. It started in Portland. It started in Seattle. It started when our DOJ allowed an organization called Antifa to build a foreign country inside Washington State called CHAZ. I where did it start? It started the moment the DOJ didn't do its job. It started when we allowed George Soros to buy off prosecutors. That's when it started. Well, I can tell you one thing. I agree with you. And I would say the revolutionaries have been here since the hippie generation. We just have new revolutionaries who are uh, seemingly more serious than their predecessors. Because these activists that we have now are a different kind of activist. It's the same kind of violence, but it's a different kind of activist. Because social media and a corrupt Department of Justice and corrupt DAs and I would even say uh, feeble uh, leaders within law enforcement have allowed a domestic terror group that was never really completely affiliated one to another and it's kind of loose and anyone can kind of be in it and flow in and flow out of it. You guys so got to stop talking a, by uh, the door. A social movement. But this group that we call Black Lives Matter or this group that we call Antifa, they are what you would classify, if you look at the FBI definition, of a domestic terrorist uh, group. 
However, no one wants to identify them that way because then you're probably going to have politicians and billionaires and millionaires who are going to get hung up. And because these people look after each other and not Americans, they're not going to allow that. So it's going to take we the people, as usual, to watch our backs and to start documenting these things when they happen. Uh, I foresee in our future we'll probably have another vehicle ramming style attack. Uh, I can't tell you where, I can't tell you why, I can't tell you how, but copycat killers almost always happen within a matter of weeks. So hopefully that statistic will be will be proven wrong but until then we still have the Christmas parades and then the New Year's parades um, so please you know watch your back and watch your situational awareness while you're out at these parades or any of these type of fairs or events uh, and we have this uh, extremist group that they want notoriety they want fame and they want intimidation and unhinged deranged people will be used by these groups so that the message can still be brought but the leaders won't be brought down and that's the same type of tactic the terrorists would use Osama bin Laden never put on one suicide vest remember that so these the leaders of these groups they're not going to risk damaging themselves because they're the leaders of the movement but just like those that we were arresting while we were in Portland they will use people who are mentally handicapped to commit felonies because they don't care about them well, I, th I think at the end of the day we're going to see a lot more than people being run over by vehicles I think we're looking for major false flags I'm talking bioterrorism what's your thoughts on that I think bioterrorism is something that should definitely be put on the table especially since our our uh, our good friend Bill Gates seems to keep wanting to bring that up uh, I think that smallpox being brought up as many times as it has been within the past year it seems like it's a clue that they're trying to give us. You know what I mean? COVID was bad enough. Imagine when it's this new biologically changed, uh, chemically changed, gain of function change, I guess you could say, uh, smallpox, and there's not a cure for it. There is not a, uh, a remedy for it. Those of us who've already had the smallpox uh, exposures and and all that you know we're not immune to it I think that's what we would see but the question is Dave if you were an evil organization if you were a lone wolf attacker or if you were just a bad person where would you spread said smallpox virus would you do it in democratic cities would you do it in the Republican-owned counties, in the rural areas. You see, with, with any type of viral agent, you have a half-life on it, the wind is gonna be a variable, your environment is gonna be, be a variable. Uh, what the R-naught value of that 
uh, virus is, is also going to be a variable. So you're on a time hack the moment there's a exposure. So where's the best place to expose biological agents? In my opinion, I would target a democratic city like a New York, like a Chicago or a Pennsylvania. And I would let that spread along the train system and the bus system. That is going to be the place where you have the most transient population moving in and out, the most foot traffic per time of day. And I would release it during the busiest times of day, which means I would canvas that area for probably a couple days and I would find it okay. Between 2 and 3 p.m. is is not that many people. Between 7 and 10 is, is a big group. And then we have the evening, evening rush traffic. So between those two times is whenever I would spread my plague. And these are things that within law enforcement we do talk about. We do uh, risk assessments over. We do threat assessments on. But there's not enough law enforcement and there's not enough eyes to keep out and watch for an event like this. But if you're going to do it effectively, you're going to put it in a big mixing bowl where that virus can travel by itself an unknown amount of time and distance and affect the most amount of people as possible. Let me give it back to you. Well, I, <laughs> you know, it, it, there's so many ways I could jump into this. Dirty bombs crossing the border. I'm hearing these stories. I think it's more of a suspicion on the part of the Border Patrol because they know they can't stop it because of Biden enforcement or lack of enforcement policies. And then we've got um, the, uh, well, the Legion of Doom meetings. I've told you a little bit about this, but uh, the Bill Ayers friends and Native American tribes who would like nothing better than to get back at the U.S. government are meeting with various terrorist groups in Washington, D.C., and they've been meeting since November the 8th. And we think widespread terrorism is coming from this. The old CalExit people, Eric Holder and friends, um, the uh, La Raza, Chinese, it just goes on and on, George Soros operatives. So um, I think they're organizing, and I know that tribal leaders are involved tribal leaders who have connections with the cartels that launder money in the casinos so that's <laughs> that's going to be a big one and and my confidence call what i'm telling you is 100 percent because of the people that are involved so people that know about this we live in crazy times we really do doug it's just i could not have ever foreseen what i'm saying to you now um, Paul Preston and I had a lengthy conversation about the Legion of Doom about three days ago. We did a TV show on it. I've already released. Um, we have a former DOJ source that has a lot of this info. It's it's nuts. Hamas, Hezbollah, they're also involved. I mean, I could go on and on and on. AMLO uh, was invited and went, but what I'm hearing from my Mexican sources he's not really on board with the nonsense um he's gone to try to say we're not going to be on board so much with this and if you keep using our country as a go-between for terrorist activities we're going to cut off all exports to you i know that happened by the way trudeau's part of these meetings too so, well the problem with that is is how much could amlo affect and thwart 
the Mexican drug cartel uh, tunnel system. And that tunnel system might as well be thought of as the underground railroad for the slaves uh, for the Civil War because they have safe houses. They have means and capability of smuggling anything that they could possibly smuggle uh, from any portion of their southern border uh, or of their coast through to the American border. And they have been highly successful at it. Uh, some of the things that we have caught along the border, uh, I'm not going to talk about all of them, but some of them are downright intriguing and terrifying. But that's only some of the things that we've caught. What have we not caught? How many different times does a loose amount of nuclear material need to be found on the U.S.-Mexican border in an 18-wheeler? You know, and that's just the ones that we found. So, you know, it could be anywhere between a dirty bomb to a biological attack. Uh, we still have the grid down scenario is always my favorite uh, because I think that puts everyone on a a level playing field, unfortunately. But uh, you also have the attack upon, uh, you know, our currency from hackers. Uh, the attack on Wall Street is something that can always happen. And I think, honestly, with the way that we see America right now and with the obvious intent on starting a civil war, I think all options are on the table. Now, I think all options should stay on the table for people to be prepared. Unfortunately, when you look at this uh, realistically... How much is it that our sheriff's departments and police departments are prepared for these things in case of, you know, in in case of blackout? I would like to know what your plan is. In case of plague breakout, what is your plan? Or the cryptocurrency or the American currency goes down and then people are scrambling and rioting and, uh, you know, ransacking grocery stores. What's your plan? Because we need to stop, we need to stop and really consider that we're in a time and day of age where anything could happen in this country. And our primary internal security is more hell bent on appeasing social radicals than they are on protecting the American populace. Well, if you can't even protect me from a mob or a riot, how are you good, how are you protecting me from the terrorists both internationally and domestically that's a question i would like answered how do we answer it i mean how do we ask it i should say um who do we put the question to i would put the question to the mayor let it let it sink upon the mayor write your uh you know write your county sheriff or write to your, uh, you know, the commissioner of the police department or uh, captain of your police department. You know, if you're paying for a service, I expect a service. And you don't have to tell me the nuances and the ins and outs. Like I was, you know, federal law enforcement for 10 years. I was on a tactical operations team for four years. I understand there are some things you're going to want to FOIA about and you're not going to get the, every information on. 
but you can still just go and ask and say, look, these are some of my concerns. These are real life concerns. These are real things that you say are real, that FBI says is real, and every one of us knows is a real threat. Are you prepared for it? I just want to know, are you prepared for it? Have you thought about it? How much food does your county have for your uh, for your population or for your city? If the power goes out, what are we using for a secondary and tertiary power source to include how do we get that water purification plant up and running? How are we pumping water through the main lines? Where's our fuel reserve at? You know, where's the medicinal reserve at? Do we have access to generators to go and put at hospitals and nursing homes that the county has? Because a lot of times in the county yard, they have all types of you know equipment out there that's just rotting and not being used. These are things that if you, if it were up to me and I was in a small town, because with a small town, you have more of a means to go out and try to you know somewhat affect that. Uh, by asking questions and being proactive. In a large town, of course, it's probably going to be harder. But nothing's stopping you from going to the city council and asking you know, honest questions. Hey, conspiracy theories and politics set aside, these are real-life terrorist threats. What are our answers and what is our solution if these threats turn into something real and they're effective and now we're all affected by it? Nothing is stopping you from asking those questions from your representatives. What kind of response do you think most of them will give us? They'll get back to you. I think I think right. most of them will say I think most of them will say they'll get back to you. I think they'll say, well, we gotta we have a uh, a safety and security plan and we have to double check that and make sure everything is up to date uh, and check with law enforcement and fire and rescue. And, you know, you catch people off guard when you're asking about anything not politically now, because that means you're expecting them to do their job and not just be a political stooge. Uh, sadly, that's that seems to be the way it is. But I would tell you to. Uh, if you're going to ask those questions, come with your own answers. Hey, if you don't have a plan, let's just say uh, there's a terrorist attack, grid goes down. I know we have this water plant. I know we get water from this reservoir. What is our answer for providing power to that water plant to this reservoir? If not, I have a solution. Or for, you know, moving generators to a nursing home. They're not required by state, local, or federal law to have a generator there. So the moment power goes out, what do you think happens at the nursing home? It becomes a very, very hellacious state within a matter of days. Uh, so these are things that, you know, if you have a loved one in a hospital, if you have a loved one that's... Uh, you know, on any type of terminal care at a nursing home, I would be stepping in and asking these questions of the nursing home and of the city council, of my police department and my fire chief. Uh, and if they don't have questions, if they don't have answers 
for your questions. Give them the amount of time to come up with a solution. But demand it. Because if you're elected to a position where you are supposed to be giving uh, solutions to problems, then you need to have those solutions. Otherwise, you're just put in place for nothing and we should put someone else in charge. Uh, I think Americans get too caught up in their phones. I think Americans get too caught up in sports and politics and they don't realize that the wolf is at the door every single day. We are just very effective at keeping them at the door. But the moment one of these DDoS attacks from China, Iran, North Korea, Russia, you name it, goes through and it affects our grid, everything is on the table. Everything changes. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. That's a game changer, and that's true. And this is where everything kicks in. You know, the red wave is sweeping America. Biden's ratings are in the toilet. Everything about this administration is in the toilet. Even the Democrats are turning on their own. Um, how long can they wait till they bring down the grid, till they turn off the lights, till they execute total terrorism? How do you look at this? I don't know. I guess you would say, what is a, what is a, <clears throat> at stake? If the Biden administration gets the most draconian laws passed that America has ever seen and turns us effectively into a socialist state and is just ready to hand it over to the next Democrat who will then carry forth the plans, yeah. and that becomes threatened, and it looks like you know someone like a Ron DeSantis or a Donald Trump will win, I would see them doing everything possible to not allow that to happen. At the end of the day, the leftist, the elite, whatever you want to call them, the cabal, they want control. That's what the, uh, the COVID-19 vaccine was all about, is still all about. The efficacy of the vaccine is still unknown, but the efficacy of control is 100%. They need America to capitulate to a socialist communist state. They need to take your guns. They need to subjugate you. They need to rule over you so that you can't interfere with anything else that they want when it comes to taking over the world. Because if there is one real threat from stopping a new world order, it is the American patriot. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's, uh, um, and they I gotta, have I gotta to unmute myself here. Sorry, I was coughing. Um, <laughs> you're exactly right, Doug. They fear us tremendously. They fear 7 million armed veterans. They fear the people being pissed and they're reaching the apex. Now they know, they know that the pendulum has swung and they no longer control the media. By the way, I did a report today and it was on uh, the world economic forum. And I was stunned as I researched this, (laughs) everybody from Gavin Newsom to mayor Pete, the secretary of transportation, um, to, all these uh, nominees for the Biden White House, they all come out of the World Economic Forum training. They have training centers and they bring people in. They've, uh, I mean, we're talking um, um, Adern from New Zealand, then the Australian Prime Minister, 
uh, Macron from uh, France, um, the heir apparent uh, to Angela Merkel in Germany, um, Orban, Sarkozy. Uh, it's incredible. They control. It reminds me of the Trilateral Commission in the days of Jimmy Carter, where all of Rockefeller's peoples were in his were in uh, Jimmy Carter's cabinet and just wrecked the country. Yep. And this reminds me of a globalist plot to do the same thing. And and when they say that they're going to make us eat bugs, aquatics, plants, and fake lab meat, they're serious. By the way, the Federal Reserve came out today, and they said, on Thanksgiving Day, you should all eat soy. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm not doing that. I, uh... <laughs> I yeah, I I'm a red-blooded American, and I love my barbecue too much. Uh, you know, at, you, get, you just got to think that at the end of the day, we have people who are American citizens who hate this country, who hate your patriotism, who hate your God, and they want to destroy everything that is good and wholesome and holy. And they will not stop until they win. And uh, I think... You should be you should be prepared uh, from food and water to precious metals uh, to cash on hand to having a bug out plan having a bug out bag ready having food ready for you and every person in your household. I think it's time Americans start prepping again and taking it more serious. I do believe that the revolution has taken a new step forward how quickly will it grow and how violent will it get will depend i believe on how much the conservative message grows in this country the more conservatism grows the more the leftist attack will come out i don't think it would be a far cry and i don't mean to say this uh, but this is just based off my professional experience. I don't think it'd be a far cry to say that we should be looking out for the next big school shooter. Anything that comes against guns would be something that I would be looking for. Joe Biden and the Department of Justice are not going to make vehicles illegal. They're not going to make you register your vehicle with ATF. You know, a red focus... Uh, is not going to take over the United States when their government turns tyrannical. It's going to be Americans with guns. So at the end of the day, you have to always think that if you live under a tyrannical rule and you have a people who are willing to rise up, they're not going to do it with spears. They're not going to do it with bows and arrows. They're not going to do it with rocks. They're going to do it with guns. So you have to disarm the populace. Look at New Zealand, Dave. Look at Australia and Europe. Those countries will never overthrow any government that becomes tyrannical. Thus, that's why in New Zealand and in Australia and in Canada, uh, also in Europe, the government is taking people out of their homes against their will and putting them in concentration camps and there's no reprisal no one can do anything about it. It, it 
Besides the fact, Dave, that there's not really even a protest that has turned violent over that yet. Could you imagine, Dave, could you imagine if Donald Trump was the president still and he decided if you did not take the COVID vaccine, then you were going to be in a concentration camp. And in New York, where a large majority of people who refuse to take the COVID vaccine are African-American, those were the people most affected to go to the concentration camps. Could you imagine the whiplash? Could you imagine the backlash? Now, imagine this. Joe Biden does the same thing but it affects the same group of people. Is there still a backlash? Because he's a Democrat. If he comes after guns, it affects everybody. If you refuse to take the COVID shot, it affects everybody. And it also affects our economy. But for some reason, Democrats have been given a pass. And now we've seen in these other countries where these tyrants were given a pass, they're able to do whatever they want to the populace. And that is where Joe Biden and his administration, and what I believe is the next administration, I believe that is where they want to get us. And I think they will go as fast as possible to get there. And if they can't win 2022, then they'll have to destroy every possibility of the Republicans gaining any power. I'm uh, just putting all this together, what you're saying, and it's leading the same conclusion that I've come to. We're only seeing the tip of the iceberg, and I, I keep reflecting back to my friend from FEMA, a guy who I was real good friends with, and he bugged out in 2012. And I said, why? He goes, well, I'm close enough to retirement. I can take it. And he said, I was in counter-bioterrorism. I know too much. I would be a target once they unleash these things on the American people. I go, unleash things? He says, yeah. And I said, what's going to be the cause? He goes, populism. And this is before Donald Trump. This is 2012. And uh, he said, it won't be over something like Mitt Romney. He said, Mitt Romney's a stooge. But he said, we have weapons that you have never heard of. No one's heard of them. And when we unleash them, it'll be devastating death across the country to subjugate the country against populism. And so he and some like-minded uh, fellow compatriots built um, a survival community. And uh, I think he's living under an illusion, but uh, he's now been there for nine years, going on ten. And he um, um, he was convinced he would be killed if he uh, stayed the course to keep the uh, word from coming out about what was going to be unleashed. And uh, I didn't get this from him, but it was kind of interesting. I got this from someone who knew someone who also bugged out from another agency and they went to the Ozarks and he said that they had aerosolized spray that they could drop from the clouds just like uh, chemtrails and they said uh, it would instantly kill people instantly it's like you just get crystallized in death and I said how sure are you? He goes I'm 100% sure and, and he, he said there is a whole list of exotic, uh, uh, exotic weapons that exist to subjugate the American people at the end of the day. What do you know about this? I don't know. I would say that there's a lot of speculation on stuff like that. Obviously, we have weapons. 
uh, within our arsenal that are devastating, that are nation enders. But I would not say to scoff at a weapon like that because Israel has a weapon like that to use against the Palestinians, a biological agent. And more than likely, that is also where China learned some of their uh, mischievous deeds. And America has the same type of uh, weapons. And for anyone to say, oh, we don't, oh, we do. America has some, some downright uh, deadly things. But would they use it on the populace even if it might affect them? I don't know. I would see them using a very controllable contagion something that has to be spread by touch and not aerosolized because you can never truly protect yourself enough from an agent like that unless you are out of the country you know, you, you can put up as, as, as strong a MERV filter as you want or as many MERV filters as you want I still wouldn't take that bet by dropping some sort of aerosolized uh biological agent you know that's it's it's a very risky thing uh because if you don't even have an antidote for it i don't know i i wouldn't if it was and i always have to think about it like this what would i do if i were an evil person you know what i mean you have to put yourself in in those people's shoes what sure. would i do i would want something like ebola i would want something that's a hemorrhagic fever because not only is it going to kill, but it does something that's better than death. It spreads fear, which is the most contagious virus known to mankind. Spreading of fear can take down nations without firing one shot. Uh, it can divide countries, uh, just like COVID did, obviously. It can shut down stores. It can stop traffic. Uh, you can actually change your own laws in your country with enough fear and a little bit of a pandemic. We've seen that. So you got to think about what is the most effective way of subverting laws and effectively gaining a foothold over the American populace without really being, you know, tarred and feathered. Or without starting a civil war, or without starting World War Three, uh, you would do it slowly, and you would do it here and there, and you would also have these great big huge bills like Build Back Better, and you would hide things all throughout it, and you'd give more power to the federal government with every bill. That's how I would do it. It's a it's death from a thousand cuts, but it is the most effective because you will still live and not be targeted if you go full out for the extreme people will come after you groups will come after you nations could come after you but if you just slowly do it people seem to not even care as long as they have their bread and circus they don't care well he was convinced he was on a death list if uh, things got to the point where they felt they had to release this stuff to quell populism and, you know, it was around the same time that Zygmunt Brzezinski said, it used to be easier to control a million than kill a million. That's no longer true. 
That was at the same time. And I do think there is something to what he said. And I do think that there are doomsday weapons held in, in reserve by agencies that are not friendly to the United States government. I mean, the, the people, I should say. Forget the government. They're hostile to the people. And I just, if you want to see hostility, though, Doug, just look at what happened to Sharona Bishop. Look at uh, Eric Marlin, Garland, what he's doing with the school board parents and how he's protecting his son-in-law, multi-million dollar critical race theory industry. I mean, I could go on and on with this. We live under a total criminal enterprise. Well, what happened to Sharona is something that needs to be talked about more. And uh, you have more knowledge on this than I do, so I'll let you speak on it. But it is it is proving to everyone that the Department of Justice and the FBI have been weaponized from the Democrats, and they're going after apparently anyone who is having any type of effective attack against the spread of socialism and communism. And to this day, I still don't understand what they're doing yeah, I hear or you. why they're doing it. I hear you. I got to squeeze something in real quick here, okay, before we conclude and you got to talk about where we can hear your show. But very quickly, people, if you don't have storable food or you don't have at least six months, preferably two years, you need to go to preparewithdave.com. There are specials there. You really need to grab onto this. And for communication that they're going to take down when the takeover comes, uh, you need a sat phone. And I can help you get the sat phone for cheap. can help you get a sat phone that will save your life, keep you in communication with your family. And that number is 855-980-5830. That's 855-980-5830. And again, the storable food to go to, preparewithdave.com. Those are the sponsors for the second half of the show. Doug, we got just about a minute left, and I wanted you to talk about your show, how people can listen. Well, you can listen to my show on Global Star Radio. Uh, I do pre-records that show up at about 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's an hour-recorded show, and uh, the show name is American Vindicta. We're on our second week. Uh, it's doing good so far. You know, it's kind of new. Uh, it's strange. But I like it so far. I think I'm starting to get the handle of this. And uh, I would ask anybody, if you're interested, to please uh, check my show out, spread the word. And uh, I'm coming after anyone and everyone who is an enemy of these United States. And I am no holds bar. Uh, I'm a conservative. I'm a Christian. I'm a veteran. I'm a former law enforcement. And I'm on your side. So please support me in that. Yeah, I, I like the tagline I created for you once where I said, hey, I used to work for the government, now he's on your side. But that's more true than we realize. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. What a smart aleck Dave is. Hey, thanks for joining us, Doug, here on the Doug and Dave Intel Report. Uh, look forward to our next installment. And continue good luck with your show. Thank you, Dave. Take care. <laughs>